Hello guys and welcome to the Big Screen Podcast. Uh, I am with Joe DeCon and George Papard today, who some viewers may recognise from our Spin the Wheel podcast episodes, our Doctor Who one, where we reviewed the Mind Rubber. Yes, they are back. How are you guys doing? Doing good, good. yeah, really great. Yeah, back. sweet. I thought I'd have you back because you were a great guest at the time, and also the episode did really well. So I thought, yeah, why not give the audience what they want? <laughs> uh, so before, let's clear up first of all. I am ill, so if you kind of sense that my voice is a bit off and whatever, that I'm not feeling myself, that is why uh, I have been eating scrambled eggs this afternoon and ice cream and yogurt to try and like soothe my throat because apparently that's what you're meant to do. Uh, it's helped, but I still feel bad. So yeah, forgive me for that. Uh, Michael will be joining us, our regular co-host. Uh, he'll be with us in about 20 minutes maybe a bit shorter in the edit uh we'll see or maybe he doesn't turn up at all he is also ill like i don't know if you guys know but there's like a bug going around especially in bristol uh it's not covid but it's just like a general bug everyone's got a cold everyone's got snotty noses is that you know what i've actually got a cold i've got a cold as well actually oh. because um, um yeah because it's a uh, been freshers recently and yes. um i'm just starting my second year of u- university mm. and i've been doing because i didn't really get freshers last year i've been able to get that kind of chance to do nice. it this year and been, i've been clubbing quite a lot and <laughs> yeah i think i've caught i, I caught quite a, uh i've caught quite a bad cold so i've actually right. kind of been suffering the past few days as well yeah but, um, yeah. but yeah not too bad uh, so we didn't do this on the doctor who podcast much but i think we should actual actually have a deep dive into the guests kind of not sexually but you know just like your tastes and whatnot again not sexually but just general movie taste. I, I not. yeah uh, so <laughs> right so um what's your kind of background with films what's the first one what's the first experience and what would you say your favorite film is yeah well actually me and george are both actually we are both filmmakers because um we kind of um we met at college studying uh, media mm. and where we kind of learned how to make films and uh, we made quite a few and uh, now yeah. we're at university i'm in my second year george has just started his first year at, in brighton mm. a screening film school in brighton where we're just we were just studying film, we're just making films, we're just learning the kind of craft of it. Yeah. And um, so that, that's really kind of our background. And for me, my favorite, like, it's, it's so, like, I love films so much, that's why I've kind of gone into it, because like, I've always just loved films. Mm. But the film that kind of, The Dark Knight was the film that inspired me to go into it. Like, it was the first film I ever got really excited over. And I saw, I saw it at a very kind of young age, and it just kind of like, it. it's just a lot. It, it led to so much when I saw that film. I loved, I loved it at the time. It just kind of, just kind of stuck with me. I started. It was the first film I started kind of looking into, kind of like how it was made and mm. the context behind it. And it just that that me that led to me kind of doing that with other films. And then I ended up getting really into it and just seeing more films and more films and more films. To the point where when I left school, I went to college and met George and, and found that oh, what I liked doing was filmmaking. And then that's kind of the path I kind of decided took because The Dark Knight is my favorite film um, because, because of that because. reason. Because of that reason, I love that film so much. And after mm. that, I just love Two Thousand One Space Odyssey so much. Yes. I think it's I think it's perfection. I don't. Know. <laughs> but yeah, those those are like to me the kind of best films or my favorite anyway. But I, I love so much of film. Yeah. And you did mention uh, Christopher Nolan's film there, The Dark Knight, and you did mention The Space Odyssey. So I'll throw this question out here: What do you think of Interstellar? Interstellar? Oh, 
I think it's very good. Um, yes. I remember when I first saw it, I didn't, I wasn't actually too keen, but I saw it about yes. a year ago, and it's definitely kind of Nolan's take on Kubrick because Kubrick uh, is, is my favourite director of all time, and so I'm not kind of, so I, I just, it was really interesting to see, uh, mm. to, to see it really kind of like Nolan's own version of 2001. Not quite as good in my opinion, but mm. I do very much enjoy Interstellar. Awesome have that michael yeah he's gonna be listening to this recording so have that you knobhead he, he said it was good but then he like he spent the whole uh recording of the review of it like criticizing it and then gave it a 3.5 it was like that's the most negative 3.5 i've ever seen but yeah i love that film uh so george how about you uh, movie preferences and yeah stuff like i mean it's, it's a very tough question favorite film um if you'd asked me like five or six years ago i would have said Star Wars mm. uh, either this one or Empire I think um, yeah but yeah I mean lately I, I haven't really got one you know um, like okay. I, my, my most favourite film if you'd asked me today I would say The Lighthouse is probably my favourite film interesting yeah I mean it's, it's quite new yeah but I just I just really love everything about it I just I think it's so great mm. or like Terminator 2 or uh, yeah or like something like stupid, like the Scooby-Doo films. <laughs> I, have a, I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I would say The Lighthouse or Star Wars. I mean, it's okay. probably Star Wars because I've, I've literally seen all of them literally about a thousand times. Wow. Ever since I was little, I watched them on VHS and yeah, I, I know them like completely. The back of your so. hand, yeah. Uh, but now, uh, George, you did kind of allude to it there. We are here to review A New Hope, Star Wars. However, how would you, what do you guys call it? A New Hope or Star Wars, generally? I mean, it's called Star Wars, mm. yeah. But I mean, I guess you have to call it A New Hope because Star Wars is more of a, a brand franchise, or yeah. more of a. I, yes, franchise. I call it New Hope. I call it New Hope just because everyone's going to know what I mean when I say New Hope. Yeah. When I say Star Wars, they like, like which one? But if I just say New yeah, Hope, exactly. they know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's why I do it, even though even though it Star Wars is a proper title. Yeah, and you two are like massive Star Wars buffs. I'm not so much. Uh, I will have to get the list up of like films just to say which ones I haven't haven't watched. But uh, in terms of you guys, I'm guessing this, uh, George, you did say this or Empire Strikes Back is probably your favorite Star Wars film. So what about you, Joe? Uh, I'm similar. Actually, this is second to me after Empire Strikes Back. Right. I um, I just think the first. It's kind of strange. My love of Star Wars, like I kind of yeah, I've seen all the other films of seen i'm not like a huge expert on the expanded universe but i have delved into some of it and but all of that is all down to the fact how much i adore the first two films yeah because the first two films yeah in my opinion just perfection but everything after that while i'm like return of jedi really like and um i like bits and pieces from the others but they never kind of nothing has ever kind of lived up to A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back but I'm still so invested in Star Wars as a whole just because I love the first two so much mm. it's very strange but um, but yeah to me A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are just kind of perfect perfect films uh, yeah. in my opinion how about Return of the Jedi because I see that kind of get a lot of praise but when you kind of ask mm. for people's favourite Star Wars films they never kind of say Return of the Jedi they always go for the first two a lot of people like one of my best friends does have Return of the Jedi as his favourite and I think a lot of that 
comes down to kind of nostalgia a lot of the time of people who kind of have it as their favourite are because it was a favourite when they were kids and they have such great memories kind of watching the Ewoks and all that to me Return of the Jedi is perfect as a conclusion to the trilogy when I'm watching the three I'm like watching Return of the Jedi I'm like this is such a perfect ending but mm. I don't think it's anywhere near as well made as either of the first two. I think it's got much more flaws. I think the pacing isn't quite right. I think some characters are wasted. I think it's cinematography-wise, I think it's much blander. But at the end of the day, I don't actually mind all of that because mm. it's such a perfect conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, for me, Return of the Genre, I used to, I used to actually really love it. Like, like I, I would argue that the first hour sort of in you know Jabba's palace and then if that's an hour I don't know how long that was um, and sort of everything with the emperor I love the emperor he's probably one of my favourite characters so everything with that is like some of the best of Star Wars for me but I do agree yeah it, it, it sort of sags in the middle obviously the Ewoks you know a lot of people, they get a lot of hate I don't think they're that bad <laughs> but uh, yeah it just yeah, in terms it's quite it slogs a little bit in there. yeah and um, uh, but I am looking uh, personally I'm looking forward to actually getting to it and just uh, finishing the trilogy as like a whole because I did start The Empire Strikes Back and I like it was the massive fanboy moment even though I I'm invested in the sense that I want to finish it but I'm not invested in the sense that I can be like a massive massive fan like you guys are if if that makes sense because I've watched the first two and I think Mm. yeah it's up my alley but it's not my thing if again if that makes sense that it which it probably doesn't yeah but when i saw like the back of darth vader's head i was like oh my god that that's huge <laughs> to me uh but then of course i know the the twist that is like uh he's the father or something um of luke skywalker yeah. is that a spoiler is that a spoiler well, for? do you want to know i mean I, I, everyone. i've seen the clip does it turn out to actually be true well, you have to wait and see. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I couldn't do that to you. I couldn't. I'll okay. give anything not to know again. You know. Yeah, I, but, yeah. I, I've seen the clip, but and again, it was influenced. Well, the scene in Toy Story two, I think it was influenced it, and I've, I'm guessing we've all seen <laughs> yeah. that. And then like, yes. it's a quick Google yes. search, and then it's like, oh, that's from Star Wars, and you see the Star Wars clip, and you think, ah, oh, spoiler. But yeah. So you saw the Toy Story two. I saw, of it I saw that first yeah that's great yeah well <laughs> I think I probably did to be honest yeah I really? think you'd see uh, yeah. Toy Story uh, before you watched Star Wars surely Toy Story is more of a kids film well yeah you would think so I mean I I, I watched loads of films when I was little I had like loads of VHS but Toy Story yeah was one of them mm. on VHS I, I watched them repeat but yeah a day for me as like a five year old be sitting in front of the TV with the VHS put on Star Wars, put on uh, Scooby-Doo, put on, you know, um, uh, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, that sort of thing, and just repeat, watch. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 my earliest memory is watching Star Wars. Um, mm. I know it so well, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, I watched Star Wars first, probably. Uh, okay. For, for some reason, when I asked you, like, what was your earliest memory of a film, I was just expecting you to say some really gory horror film. And I was like, no, like, these guys have probably went to the cinema when they were kids and they're not going to watch a horror film when they're like, hey, that would traumatize them. <laughs> uh, I do remember being traumatized by um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I don't know oh, if you've ever seen that. I um, haven't. 
I know another guess it would have been up there because that's like uh, their kind of realm. They're, they live in Nottingham, so they'd be far more right. so for that conversation. But yeah, why were you traumatized by that? Oh, there's like this witch character that is really freaky. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just messed me up. I mean, I mean, I can't blame you, but yes, a new hope. Uh, do you guys have yes. a logline or just general thoughts um, before we do get into the proper review? Before I just quickly go grab my phone with my notes on. I think a new hope does everything it needs to do and so much more, and I think that's why it works so well. Because you know, with its small budget, it, it could easily have been really terrible. But I mean, I think what it excels at the most. And the reason why it's it's still going really strong is because of the world building and sort of how strong that is. Because like you watch the first Star Wars film and you're like you get a completely you understand the world completely. Like they they, they give the time and that's not a very quick answer, but yeah, there you go. That is true. Yeah, Fair. Joe. Yeah, I love the original Star Wars. It's just um, it's got so much kind of just scale and kind of imagination to it. It's kind of it's so clear so much inspired it like it's got you know war films and kind of samurais and westerns all in kind of one film but it somehow creates something so unique like there's and Star Wars kind of imitated so much but then it's, it's such a kind of its own thing and it's created such a vast universe of so much kind of storytelling potential all in just one film and that one, that one film still works as a really fun like just adventure we just kind of have a, we just follow a character who's kind of we stop on this grand adventure and um you know uh meeting these cool characters and fighting kind of dangerous villains and it's a very kind of simple plot that's done that's been done time and time again but honestly i think styles is like the best example of that it's just so perfect all the characters are so well written they're so yeah. well I don't want to say they're so well acting because there's some shitty acting involved. But, like, it's, <laughs> yes, but, um, yes. Especially but, like, like, the lightsaber you, fights as well. Oh, God. Yeah, but you, you get... Alleganis is just fantastic. But, like, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Howard Ford... Yeah, the performances aren't great, but they're so likeable that you that you mm-hmm. don't really care that much. And yeah, it just... Yeah, and just, you just everything from the sets is just so amazing. And Jolium's score is just, honestly, just so good. Uh, I wouldn't say Carrie Fisher was like a not so good. Pro- I think she was the highlight in this. Like, of course, uh, she's gone now. Rest in peace. But she was a fantastic actress. And uh, in the films that I have seen her in, I think it's uh, the Force Awakens. She was in that. Am I right? I believe. Yeah. So. Yes. I saw that. And the Last Jedi. She was in. And the Last Jedi. And I think she was also in Skywalker, but as like a hologram, fake CGI. Well, yeah. They don't, they've done a weird thing because obviously um, Carrie Fisher died before The Last Jedi came out yeah. uh, although after it was filmed so when it, was, when it came to Rise of Skywalker they kind of used deleted scenes from Earth and Force Awakens to kind yeah. of implement her in a way and they kind of wrote around that and while I remember I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker since it came out because I really dislike that film but um, <laughs> it, it um, before I remember I really respect them for trying but I kind of wish they didn't do it because it came across as so clunky. Yeah, it's a scenes. very tricky it's situation. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, what can you do? I guess. I mean, I suppose they could have just not included her. But I guess it's like the she was important cameos. to the story. So it's like exactly, she actually added something. It's not just like oh, she's there and that's it. But like, I was thinking about the um, Stanley cameos in Marvel films. <coughs> like, would it yeah. be right to continue that interface for? And my opinion would be no but 
the yeah. way I, I can't have an educated opinion on the Princess Leia one uh, just because I'm not like a Star Wars buff I'm more like a Marvel fan now and uh, now that Michael has got me into it this year I literally watched all like 30 films this year it's ridiculous no. but I don't think the cameo uh, the Sanyo cameos would have been good if they continued it after he passed away is that the same opinion no. you hold do you think uh, she should be back in future movies no I definitely yeah definitely not I think that um if it was up to me, I would have probably just not had her in the film. Mm. Um, but I suppose that they need, I don't know, they kind of just were like, let's try this. And, um, you know, I guess you can't really fault them for wanting to try it. I mean, they could have very easily like CGI'd her face on someone else, you know, like they did in Rogue One or yeah. something like that. And then that would have been like really like, like awful. It's, it's the lesser of two evils, you know. I, I would have just not done it, but yeah you know it's, it was, a, it's it a very touchy subject done, i guess but yeah i do think she was very good in a new hoop and i'd say she's the standout performer i think there wasn't one dead performance well, you think she's you think her fish is the standout performance do you in a new hope i'd say so yeah out of, out of really? like everyone yeah. or just the main three yeah oh the main three the main three oh, okay okay no yeah for me yeah, for me, Alec Guinness completely is the best performance in the whole film. Yes, Alec Guinness is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. So, he's so great. Yeah, but again, yeah, the but lightsaber fight where he kind of spins, I think that's him, yeah. He's See, well, I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't hate that, though, because, like, the thing, the thing about lightsaber fight, yeah, you could look at the choreography and feel like it could be much better, but I love that scene so much because there's so much kind of, like, mystery between both Obi-Wan and Vader, so you kind of, like, don't really... I feel like you don't need kind of flashy, flashy yeah. choreography because you know what's going on just through the dialogue and through the story. And honestly, because I kind of prefer that lots of a fight to any of them in the prequels. Because yeah, while the prequels yes. have so much more flashy choreography and more exciting, and there's much more bombastic score. But I just it's not the same mm. kind of intensity character-wise. Like Obi Wan Vader, even though it's just yeah, it's a bit awkward the choreography. But like you get so much just from what's not said and like their implied backstory because even though yeah the prequels we know what happened but at the time and what's planned it's just so I, I think it's it works fine personally yeah, yeah I mean if you see it for the first time in 1977 it would be very exciting I mean obviously yeah. now like you look back on it and it's like really? <laughs> but like at the time it was, it was you know it's really good and uh, yeah like yeah, like Joe said it's, it's all about the emotion and the sort of the feelings Absolutely. which I think yeah like the prequels don't necessarily capture in the same way um, mm. it's, it's a lot of fun like, they, 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 they get better as they go on like yeah. I think that the best yeah. one is probably like Return of the Jedi I think um, Impulse Rex Back is probably the best one because the way that's kind of really? that's kind of shot and the way it's paced is just so it, I think it's just really kind of really good yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah uh, but yeah like, I, I don't hate Obi-Wan versus um it is it is what it is but you know yeah. I'll take it over anything in the prequels or the sequel mm, I, I have a note that I was going to go on to I'll just freestyle this uh, I, I I did have a note that I was basically saying uh, on the spaceship the just like the white bombastic like feel of it and then the dress code was uh, black so it was in, like a nice contrast of black and white on the spaceship and I think that yeah. has aged really well in like it's very basic in terms of like if you want a futuristic feel go for white and black 
and that's what they do and i think yes there's some of the special effects in this and the choreography a bit dated in this however the spaceship i can't fault just because it is so beautiful and i think it's directed really well yeah really I mean, w- watching setting. i've seen Star Wars so many times but uh, when i watched it last night um what i really took away from it was the the set design yes because uh, every single set looks incredible like there's so much detail but like, you like you're saying you go from like the first like scene on that stark white sci-fi shit clean whatever then you go to tatooine and everything's dirty and greasy and disgusting and then you go on the millennium uh-huh. falcon and it, it looks great yeah. and then I love how empty Tatooine is, just kind of wide, just shots of just yeah. the endless desert. It just looks so well, and the whole like, you know, Mos Eisley and all that. If there's so much kind of life to it, it adds I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The whole about the set design, because obviously with a you know, it it matters the location. Like it matters that Luke is on a desert rather than like a jungle. You know, mm. it's important that there's nothing to do. It's it's sort of just a a barren wasteland, and he's stuck there. And then he gets whisked off, in, you know, whisked off into this uh, sci-fi adventure, and everything's like crazy, and and he's still wearing, you know, his little farm farmer outfit, you know. Yeah. And like it's stuff like that that um, often gets, I, I guess, overlooked, you know, like the set design and the props and and stuff like that, and the costumes. But yeah, they, they I think they're really like top tier. In my opinion. I think one of you actually mentioned it, the detail of the sets, because I think they were in a hangar scene, like with the spaceship, the docking uh, bit. And it's when they're making the escape from the stormtroopers. And they have like this wide shot, like uh, there's the transition scene into this room. And they do a wide shot, so they actually implement it into the transition. So it's there for a reason, as opposed to it just being like a really jarring wide shot just to show off the the budget mm. and stuff like that but then when we actually go to the tight shots of the faces no worries uh, the faces uh, of dialogue when they are talking uh the back i notice is always in focus so there's like no uh depth field like uh, it's not a tight depth of field it's like right out so you can actually see the detail in the background while they're talking and i think fantastic uh the way they utilize mm. the setting because oh we do have a <laughs> I, I called it. It was 20 minutes. Michael. Hello. How are you? I'm exhausted, but I'm okay. Uh, so we are into the film review now, and we're just talking about the set design. And uh, we're really impressed by the detail and like just the depth of it and how it's utilized um, in, from a directional standpoint. What do you think of the um, direction and the setting, I guess, like to get you into the conversation? Uh, well, I, I, I've always found the set design and stuff to be weirdly jarring because it's all just so bright and white. All right, let's <laughs> take it from uh, the cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not in a bad way. It's just it's very... Uh, it's the antithesis of what I think of as sci-fi. Like I tend to think of it like alien where everything's lived in and grubby and yeah, mm. it's weird that everything is so pristine and clean in I, this universe, well, especially. It's maybe a future. <laughs> I, I, I read that um, Ridley Scott was inspired by Star Wars and Ooh. then he, he um, you know, he, he from like Tatooine and, and stuff like that and all the greasy, dirty, lived in world, mm. especially like with everything to do with the rebels, like the, the X-Wings and the Evan 4. Um, Ridley Scott was like, "Yeah, I, I like that, and I want to implement that into Alien." 
But no, I do get what you're saying. Because it is Cause George Luke, like the Death Star is, yeah. George Lucas made a film uh, a couple of years, well, a few years before Star Wars called THX Form 38. And then the, the kind of set design for that is also very kind of stark and white a lot throughout. So I guess it's just kind of the way he likes to design his kind of sci-fi, sci-fi worlds, really. Yeah, yeah, it's very sort yeah. of classic, like 50s style sci-fi. Yeah, yeah it's very, very retro. I like yeah. that. Fair enough. I think uh, in terms of the general aesthetic as well, I think it's blindingly obvious that everything in the Empire is just basically the Nazis. Uh, like all the uniforms and all of the, yeah. the stormtroopers oh, yeah. and everything. Um, it, it's not subtle really, is it? So, yeah. But I, I, one of them actually did mention like the starkness between the, the spaceship and also the planet that we go to after, like mm. orange and empty. And talking yeah. about those scenes, um, like of course we get established uh, the characters RTD2 uh, CP3O or something oh, CP3O yes I knew someone was going to um, <laughs> yeah. catch me out on that but I think they're the Java traders yeah, yeah. the Java Java's yeah yeah I, I, I love the scenes where like they're first introduced and where RTD2 is just going through the desolate like desert you could say and you can hear the noise yeah. of the rocks and like the sand as he's just rolling through it and I think like I feel like that's often considered, considered to be the kind of mm. that's also considered to be like the weak point of the film the parts where just kind of see people in detail just walking through the desert and there's just not much is happening a lot of people really kind of point that as that's, the worst that's point of the film I'd agree that's what I would say I wouldn't say it in that scene where they first introduced but everything after is a bit it's a bit padded I'd say a bit dragged out yeah I, I wouldn't go so far as say it's the worst like to me there wasn't really any thing, any bad scenes in this film but I can understand the viewpoint of just like not what's just happening you're just, you're just kind of watching some, these droids running around the desert not, the plot's not really evolving you could maybe cut to the chase a bit quicker I can understand that argument yeah yeah. yeah, I think I would I would say that in general about particularly the Tatooine scenes, but I think the whole film is really poorly paced and it does it takes really? its time way too much. I promise um, you guys, he actually does rate this episode. I do really like the film. He does like it. It's not all negatives. In terms of like, yeah, interesting. The film will do something really exciting and then stop for a sequence that comes out of nowhere and just stops the film dead. Um, so like the scenes the opening of the film is just glorious and you know spaceships yeah. and lasers and Darth Vader steps in and then you head to Tatooine and everything slows down and you're watching droids walk around a desert for half an hour <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's the same thing but, later on you, you get to the Death Star and it's all kinetic and they're, they're trying to escape and then they land in the trash compactor and you spend it, the film stops dead and you spend like 10 minutes no, that's an like, iconic oh, scene though uh, with the, like a <laughs> closing in on them that's the scene that i remember like i haven't seen the film all the way through except from like a couple of weeks ago for the first time but i still remember that scene just being on tv it sticks out in my brain so when that actually uh, appeared yeah. the first time i was watching i was like i don't care that this scene is going on for about 30 seconds too long because they should have been killed by now i just love yeah. it it's not so much that the scene exists I think it's where it's placed in the movie because like I said it's in the middle of an action scene and then it just stops everything dead and then you're like oh it's quite a bit of intensity on on the subject of Tatooine though I kind of like yeah I can understand what you want to say about um, Tatooine scenes being a bit slow but I think okay one of my favourite film scenes of all time is of Luke Skywalker he's just had the kind of his um, at the table with his uncle and aunt, and he kind of goes up and yeah. yeah, he goes up and he just stares at the kind of two sunsets, yes. and it's like four shots, and the other music, and he's just staring out there, and yeah. just that simple like four shot 
sequence is is one of my favorite film scenes of all time i just yeah. love it so much i love the music the way it's shot and just kind of what it's saying just you get so much luke skull character in just that bit i think it's just so i think it's just so genius and it's so iconic and i yeah. just to me that is if, 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 I, if I had to pick a clip that just perfectly describes star wars i'll pick that just perfect four shot clip I completely agree. I, I do agree with you on that one. And I did have that note and said that, um, you know, that scene that, that Luke kind of wistfully looking at the two sons is just beautiful. Yes. It's, it's shot yeah. incredibly well. And obviously credit to John Williams as well, who just brings yeah. it during that scene. Um, so, yeah, I, that is the one scene on Tatooine that I think really, do, well, not the one scene, because I think a lot of the Mos Eisley Cantina stuff and, and things are great as well. But I just think it takes us a long time to get to, where we need to be, I think, with Luke effectively leaving with Obi Wan. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, next note I was going to go on to was. Uh, Michael, do you have any? Uh, well, of course, I know I you've got about notes. fifty notes. So, do you want to just? <laughs> uh, what do you want to go on to next? Well, the first. Uh, this is probably going to be a really geeky deep dive. But since we're on Tatooine, uh, as Star Wars fans, I'm assuming that um, Joe and George know the theory about the the droid that sacrificed himself so that R two D two. Yes, R five. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This is where I just, I just go into the corner that. and just stand still because <laughs> I don't know what's going I'm on. Not, I've vaguely heard of that. Can you can you go more in uh, detail? Yeah, certainly. Um, well, you know that when they first go to the Jawas and they buy the droids, they buy yeah. three PO and a red. R5, whatever it is, an R2 unit. Um, I think it's and then, R5. Yeah. yeah, it's R5D4 or something, but th- that particular droid gets so far and then something blows up in it and you get the scene of like, what are you trying to pull here? This one's faulty. And then 3PO going, oh, you should try that. That R2 unit's lovely. Pick him. Um, and there's a bunch of theories going around that R4, the R5, sorry, the droid, whatever it is, is um, partly in tune with the Force and knew that it was R2's <laughs> destiny to end up there. So he basically <laughs> sacrificed himself and blew out one of his systems. I mean, it's nonsense, but it's glorious at the same time. That's like an example of something about Star Wars. And um, while I think it's, it's, it's lived so long, is that every single character, no matter how small, has got some sort of like comic book or backstory or something like that drawing like I find yeah. Every item in Star Wars has like a whole Wikipedia page and everything there's yeah. just so much so much to everything when you boil it like, down I mean yeah the entire trilogy effectively hinges around that one stupid gunner in the Death Star that's like, hold your fire, don't shoot the escape pod. Just shoot yes. the escape pod! You're yes. not paying by the laser, mate. Jeez. But yeah, <laughs> Just get it done. Uh, to get back to like the actual pacing, you could say, Michael, I'm not surprised that you don't particularly like the uh scenes on the planet just because you didn't weren't a fan of uh the interstellar doing similar like establishing the characters uh building up like the motivations because uh, i noticed early on uh that it established the motivations of luke's desires to get off the planet really early so when he got the opportunity to uh he was more than happy to take it to get away from the aunt the uncle and and it portrayed like the strange relationship uh which i was i thought was a big praise because you know i'm a sucker for that i love how interstellar did it with murph and um well i love all that it's it's the the scenes before that like i said i don't think and again it's symptomatic of like of lucas thinking we need to get to we need to get from a to b so let's go from a to like a a1 to a2 to a3 to a4 it's like we all we needed was the droids landing and then luke finding them and yet we have to wander around the desert with them and have them captured by jawas and have them put in the no, uh, I, I like that. that's, what, that's what i don't like about uh, empire strikes back at the start of that film because it's pretty much the same as this but nah, just a bit wrong. longer in my opinion <laughs> would you guys say that, it, it, they are very similar f- films at the start 
I, nah. that's how that's why I feel. I just feel like that's that's what what I, I see what you mean. Yeah. No. Maybe, maybe that's just me. But yeah, I do really like the character stuff. I think Luke is actually like the bridge between uh the main character, so like uh the princess Leah and uh, uh Han uh Solo and also C3PO and also uh R2D2. I think um the four of them are split up into two, mostly obviously the two humans and the two robots. And I think Luke is the bridge to that because he doesn't really have a counterpart and that's why I think uh makes him unique and I do think he's a really good character, Luke. Um um, my, my dad, like, my dad's not particularly a Star Wars fan, but he always keeps saying to me why he thinks New Hope is such a bad film, and he always points to Mark Howell's performance and Luke Skywalker's character. And yeah, I think I can. Yeah, Luke, Luke is very kind of wily in this. He, he's often a wily teenager, but like, it, it's just his, his character throughout the trilogy. Like, you can see, see where he ends up in Return of the Jedi, and like, like it's it just works so well that he starts out like this because you know where he's end up it's a character arc like it works completely in my opinion and Luke Skywalker is yeah he's likable he has that kind of energy to him that even yeah, yeah. sometimes you might sound like a wily teenager it still works to me and I just, Luke Skywalker's character changes for each film but each one works and it's not as drawn as like some performances are because like uh, he's depicted well the same kind of character whiny as line. him is depicted in so many films and it can be very whiny but I don't see that at all I do think I some lines that. were a bit uh, he, he delivered that very one note but mo- most of the time I just thought I, it's a really good performance in my opinion yeah, like, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the Toshi Station thing, this is completely wildly <laughs> off topic. But have any of you guys seen the um, the Robot Chicken Star Wars uh, specials? Yeah, yeah, have, it's yeah, a very long time ago. But yeah, my favorite joke in there, and it's so subtle, is um, a reference to the line because you know how like everyone does the line of oh, but Uncle Owen, I have to go to Toshi Station to pick up a couple of power converters. And there's um, like a very brief gag on Robot Chicken where you go to Toshi Station and it turns out to be a strip club and it just goes like, Toshi Station <laughs> presents the power converters and it's a couple of like slutty strippers and stuff. Right. <laughs> when you think about yeah, this line, it's like, so. ah. <laughs> yeah, we get it now, Luke. <laughs> we get it now. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you've just been waiting to say that, haven't you? Because I know, yeah. I know you. You're like about fifty years old, so that just sticks God. out in your memory. <laughs> well, I mean, you're closer to fifty than my age, so uh, let's put. I like can't. That. That's the thing. One of the things about what rewatching this is that now I can't watch this without not knowing every line of the film. But as I was saying, I will also knowing every line of the Family Guy parody because I've watched that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> They're side by side with me. So even on Saturday evening, the scene, the scenes I don't like when R2 just trundling along I found myself just giving it the, the mm. Cleveland like what's wrong you ain't done nothing to antagonize nobody a droid can't walk down mm. the desert no more yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, to kind of move this on I think Michael you have seen and I'm guessing mm. Joe and George have as well the special edition versions because I know we've done in oh, reviews yeah. of Aliens mm. and Superman I believe we've kind of well, touched on the alternative versions so what are kind of the differences yeah. are there improvements are there okay. downfalls no. what would you say Joe mm. okay yeah the special special editions because 
Yeah, no, they're not. They're no improvements. In my opinion, they're flat out no improvements. A lot. They just. They're kind of just shoehorning the CGI kind of creations, which just looks so out of place in a film from the nineteen seventies, and they just do not improve the shots at all. If they just look so cheap, that especially the added special effects, which are newer, look so much more dated than any of the real practical effects that they did back then, and it just kind of ruins a lot of shots. And I really, the whole Han shot first thing is just ridiculous. I don't understand what. Yeah. Keeps keeps insisting it's different, but like, yeah, I, I don't think they are improvements at, at all, to be honest. But there is there is one improvement. There's a part, you know, the part where Han is um, running through the um, running after the stormtroopers, and then they yeah. go, so they go and stop. They go and stop, and then they run. Then he runs back, and they go chase him. You can see when they stop, there's a whole bunch of stormtroopers behind them. I think that was a special edition. As well, because I think really? the actual car—they just stopped. I it believe was so. and it, I, it was, and I hate it because it's not necessary. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it's Lucas going over the top again. It's, it's it works to be, better. It's supposed to be for a me, platoon chasing him, but it's just Lucas going. Let's chuck a hundred of them in the hangar for no reason, and it's terrible. For me, for me it works better. Well, I, I, yeah. In the original conscious players, they just they just stopped at a wall and they turned back. When like, yeah. it's kind of funnier, I think, when he, when he's kind of chasing them, and then he just sees yeah, a whole hundred of them. To yeah. me, it's actually a much more funnier moment. So I think that's an improvement, but most yeah, I mean, special agree, yeah. changes aren't improvements. Like the job of the hut scene, I think, is oh, just that's completely ridiculous and does not need to be there. Yeah. No, I've, I've to, to add to your question, I've seen four versions of this film. And the version that I watched for the purposes of this review was the original theatrical release because I'm lucky enough to have it on DVD. So I watched oh, the sorry. one without any of the friggin' special edition enhancements <laughs> and stuff because screw that shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell you what the differences <laughs> were, but they're not great. Yeah, screw that so, which version would you okay. say are better? The original or the special edition? I'm, I... oh, the theatrical editions are better in almost every way. Yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, Return of the Jedi, I think, is the worst for this. There's so much, even just terrible decisions made in special editions, which we won't go into because, you know, it's a new about Return of the Jedi, but, like, there's so much kind of really bad, bad stuff in that film. But A New Hope it isn't much better. As a, a perfect example, though, of like changing stuff and adding stuff, even though it doesn't work, is what you were hinting at, which was the Jabba scene, where there's a scene in the special edition that's not in the original where um, Han bumps into Jabba on the way out and uh, it's like, oh, I, uh, have you got my money for me and whatever else? But when it was filmed, the, the design of Jabba the Hutt was completely different. He was more like, I guess, yeah. almost Wookiee esque. Like a... Yeah, was he, he just was a like man a... when they filmed it? Yeah, it was just like a, a Scottish man, wasn't it? They filmed a dude yeah. in like a brown fur coat where they were potentially going to like map in, like I said, something that looked maybe like Chewie or whatever. Um, but obviously that wasn't a pretty big slug thing. So there's the scene when Han walks all the way around him uh, where yes. it's just an acting choice. He's walking around like, oh, even I get bored or whatever. Um, and, and, and it's because... so awkwardly cut together. <laughs> yeah. Because he did, he did that. They had to have it in the special edition. But because Jabba is a great big slug, they realised that he would have to have stood on his tail, and yet that didn't happen. So the whole thing just looks really weird because you've got yeah, the so plate janky. shot of Han lifting up slightly and the Jabba CGI reacting like ah, and it's like just leave the scene out. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah I mean that is. I'm gonna go call my guts up, Michael. Please uh, carry this. I, I'm go- yeah. I'll go to the toilet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies, uh, but yeah, yeah. So. Um, that, that's perhaps the most jarring one for me. Like, I don't mind the stuff where they're adding banthers and bits and pieces on Mos Eisley, um, even though I don't think yeah. it's strictly necessary, but yeah, either way. <laughs> so I think a universal agreement would be, I think that the theatricals didn't need to be messed with. And uh, yeah, It's annoying no, that they're very, very hard to get to. I mean, like, yeah. to watch, I mean. 
Because like, yeah, on like, no. Disney Plus or on Blu-ray or anything like that, it's all special edition. And, yeah. I mean, if yeah, you don't have, like like you said, the DVD or like I have the yeah. v- the old VHSs, oh. and like if I wanted to watch it on like HD... <laughs> I can't. It's you know. it's worse because they change it every time as well. Because they they just they, he's never done changing it. So there was the ninety seven special edition. Yeah. Then there was more changes for the Blu ray, and now they added random bits for the Disney Plus release. And it's like just leave it alone. Yeah, it's weird. The I, yeah. I, I watched it on Disney thing. Plus. Yeah, and there was, I swear there were some new things that I've never seen before. There's a couple of minor things, but the big one is what what Joe was hinting at, which is randomly Greedo seeing McClunky before he yeah, gets shot. That, yeah, before he gets shot. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? It's I'm glad you said that because I thought I, I remembered the whole thing wrong. I was like, I can't no. believe I remembered that wrong. <laughs> that whole scene. Just thought you were going insane, George. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. I, I was like, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as you were referencing, though, Joe, that whole scene has become such a clusterfuck because it started out, yeah, you know, Han, Han shot Greedo and it was cool. Sorry. And then they changed it in 97 to Greedo shot Han first because, you know, Lucas didn't like it. And then everyone complained. So now they, they kind of shot at the same time. And then they get to the Disney Plus version where it's just like, you don't know what the heck's going on. It's just laser yeah. fire firing in every direction. It's, just, it's so it's dumb just over a small yeah, little I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why George Lucas insists that it's Greedo shot first. I like, think it's more yeah. in character for Han to, to wait for Greedo to, be sh- to sh- shoot first, but yeah. I don't think it is at all. No, I mean, it's a... No, it's a I mean, the thing is, character, he, he wants Greedo to shoot first because he wants Han to be... Because, it's a, you know, Star Wars is for kids, right? You know, that he said that himself. And I guess he probably is like, oh, if, if Greedo shoots first, then Han's still a good guy. But I like the so idea I, of Han just being a, a sleazy guy. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk while I get my gun out and shoot you. Yeah. Even <laughs> kids would have grown with that kind of cowboy character, though, yeah. <laughs> because, again, Han has an arc throughout the film. Like, like, like mm. I was saying, look, like, like, it's okay for him to start with us start out being like, oh, I'm not sure we can trust this guy. He's a bit... You know, he doesn't play by the rules fully because, like, it seems like he doesn't really fully care about everyone. But by the end, he he comes and helps Luke save the day. Like he, just like every other character in the film, has a character arc. So it's it's okay for him to start out the film not quite on the right foot. And and it's so so much more cool to see Han shoot him and not really care. Yeah. Uh, so I just I, mean, I don't I, understand I, George Lucas's insistence. Exactly. I would argue it's justified anyway because it's not like he's not being threatened at the time. I mean, whether Greedo shoots or not, he specifically says, "I've been looking forward to this for a long time." He's clearly yeah, referring like to shooting him. him. It's so redundant. <laughs> but anyway, that's a lot of time on like, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like it's worth mentioning though because it's such an odd decision of like why would you mess with something that just didn't need to be messed with? It's like Star Wars is a blown for a reason, and these characters are so blown for a reason. I don't know why feel the need to kind of just George Lucas feels the need to just keep changing things and adding new stuff which doesn't improve it at all I, well but, there's some things that there's um, some things that are an improvement which would be like if he'd leave it alone and just done things that happen every time you remaster so there's things like you can't you can see like the reflection of the windows in certain ship scenes and especially on Hoth like the That's windows cool. don't quite match up. And if you fix that or whatever, like fair enough, you've got technology now where you can yeah. make it clear that you're, you're not on a, you know, you're not on a studio or whatever, which you couldn't yeah, yeah. do before. That's a fix that's fair enough. But then, like you said, with chucking in deleted scenes that have no place and stupidly deciding to make a character shoot first that didn't and just daft little decisions like that. But so even, the, even yeah, like um, a, the story change is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. But even the Wampa, I mean, they couldn't do the Wampa in Empire Strikes Back, so they just had like a, a puppet hand. So naturally, when you can do it, I think it improves it. That fair enough, you get a shot where you can see what it actually is, 
All right. I actually do think Empire is... Empire is special editions actually i do think is actually the only one where a lot of it does improve like we were yeah. saying about bespin you can see a lot of the outside world and it feels so much yeah. more like another planet and not just yeah. this, just this film sets like it might have been in the original and also um yeah same with the one part i think it's more effective seeing the whole yeah. the whole really impressive kind of you know design and um yeah but like empire i feel like is benefited for special editions but new hope and turn the jedi really i agree yeah what do you think about the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back? Because you know it was originally like a puppet or whatever it was. <laughs> it was the uh, different... Oh, yeah. Again, Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. another improvement as well because that original one was not... <laughs> yeah, it's great. not the same person doesn't know anything like him. So it was Clive yeah, Rebel originally, yeah, but now it's uh, Ian McDermott, which I guess I, I can make peace with it. You're linking it to the other films, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you watch Empire and then you're like, "Oh, what's that? That's a weird looking thing," and then you see the Emperor, you're like, "Oh, is that, are they the same person?" I'm not sure, and yeah. it's a bit of confusion. So I think they did it. Having said that, I don't think we needed uh, Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost at the end of Jedi, though. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's wildly off topic. But uh, I'll carry us on anyway because I seem to have taken the reins. I think Will's vomiting. <laughs> what are you saying, sorry? It's so strange with, with like Star Wars. Like, off me and George, we've often said this, haven't we? But like, just so clear, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. It's just <laughs> like we, we, we like love we we love stuff so much, but but we're sitting here just kind of like complaining about the whole special editions and all that. And me and George have often complained about the prequels and part other mm. sequels as well. It's just kind of like it's just like Star Wars is such a kind of toxic kind of fan base where like a lot of even though they love we, we love Star Wars so much, there's every. It, we all seem to get annoyed by it at the same time. I feel yeah. like we seem to get annoyed by it more than we get sort of pleased by it. It's, it's very strange. Well, we'll try and bring it back to a more positive thing because we're basically on there. So <laughs> I, I think it's worth pointing out that one of the scenes that I do love and I think is rightfully iconic is the, the Moss Eisley Cantina. Um, just the design and everything, the, the Cantina band music. Uh, it's just glorious, isn't it? Really, it's all the weird, it is, random, yeah. weird, the aliens that look like a werewolf or a hammerhead shark or really whatever. Cool bat thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So many um, really cool kind of character designs, yeah, yeah. And it's what, related to what you were saying before, like even the smallest character, because any any one of these like random weird aliens at the bar probably has like a comic book story or a oh, yeah. spin off or something <laughs> dealing with them, you know. Definitely. So that's 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 good word world building for me, as opposed to sticking in unnecessary scenes that were cut for a reason or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like yeah, the whole cantina, the, the whole John Williams score in that in that part. Yeah, we all know that part, that, that music. It's so, it's yeah. so great, and that's just that John Williams had the whole film. He just like he just elevates the film so much. I mean, the film is uh, yeah. pretty good on its own, but like it's elevated by John Williams' music. Like it, the film yes. is yeah. nothing without that music. Yeah, I, yeah. I would argue that half so of much. the success of Star Wars is, is should be given to John Williams and his soundtrack because he, yeah, like I said, elevate is is not even he 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 makes it, you know. Yeah, like every single track is just great, and it, it, there's never a dull moment. I don't think, and um, yeah, like at the end and everything, and like, yeah, he just never misses a beat, and it's just. I think there's a lot of things. I, I give credit, definitely, as you were saying, at least 50% to, to the music, but also for all that Lucas wants to change it and thinks it doesn't look good, I think the, the like outer space and the spaceship shots and things are gorgeous. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. They're oh, brilliant. Yeah. So anytime you see, like, a planet or oh, a yeah. falcon or an X-wing or whatever, it's, it's great, you know? Like, I think one of my favourite shots is the very first shot, you know? Mm-hmm. The, it's the, iconic, the, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so, I love it. It's so great. <laughs> 
Yeah. And yeah. it's perfect visual storytelling as well. Yeah. It's perfect yeah. visual storytelling. You just see you the kind of tiny totally little in one shot. Yeah, yeah tiny little ship just passing by and lasers flying by and this huge, huge ship over the camera. And then you yeah. get completely the whole story just in that one shot of like, oh yeah, tiny little weak rebellion, <laughs> massive empire's got a whole hold on it on everything it's just like it's so it's so just perfectly done in that one shot there's just so much really clever visual storytelling because people always argue that like george lucas isn't a particularly like good director and how star wars was saved in the edit and how it was a bad script and the studio didn't believe in it and stuff like john williams and the editors and the visual effects team they're the ones who made it good i can understand the argument but it's so clear throughout the film that george lucas is a good or definitely was in the 70s yeah. a good director because i think some he's a shots good- like that He's a good visual storyteller. He's a great visual storyteller, but he can't write dialogue would be my counter, I think, to that. I think, yeah, I I can understand that because, yeah, the dialogue throughout the film isn't always great, but it just works so well, I think, because, I don't know, the the actors, they sell it. I think they're just so well. Even though the saying isn't always great, it's still, I don't mind it personally. I remember hearing though about, and I agree with him, the Harrison Ford at one point, like getting mad at Lucas and saying, "Look, George, you can write this ship, but you can't see it because it just doesn't just, sound." Just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think Star Wars is just a really just kind of fun, just pulp. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's, it's based on a lot of pulp um, sources like the Flash Gordon or uh, Book Rogers serials and stuff. Um, so, as I say, on a, on a geek level, talking about the ship designs, I don't know if you guys know that the Rebel blockade runner at the start of the film is so detailed because it was the original design for the Millennium Falcon. Um, but they really? realized it oh, didn't, didn't look uh, yeah, it didn't look heroic and cool enough. Um, so they chucked it at the start of the <laughs> film as the ship escaping the Imperial Star Destroyer. But that's why it's for a ship that appears for like a few seconds, it's massively complicated and like really intricate because that's why. <laughs> um, but talking about the Falcon, because this is like point in the film when they kind of see it and they criticize you, oh, it looks rubbish or whatever. Um, the design of the Falcon that they came up with came about because when they were out to lunch one day, somebody bit into a hamburger and then left it on a plate to go take a call. Um, and it was the bitten into hamburger that George <laughs> Lucas, right, yeah, the production designer, was so, and was like, ah, oh, that'll do for the ship, just flat circle with a bit cut out. There we go. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. Yeah, in I mean, it works. Design. I mean, it's yeah, supposed it to look sort of like a, what does he say, like a hunk of junk or whatever. Um, yeah, I, but it, I've it, never, it, it, never thought that much personally, but yeah, it does give you that great moment when um, Leah says, like, when she finds it later on, not to jump ahead, but goes like, um, you came in that thing, you're braver than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great little Mickey take line, you know? Yeah. yeah. Beyond back, we've had some connection issues, but um, while Mark is just trying to get back into the call, I guess I'll just continue this if you guys don't mind. As I touched on earlier, my fate, well... The scene that stuck out for me most is the scene where they're in the the bin conveyor, well, however you want to describe it, and the walls are closing in on them. And what I know is, is that like there's cutaways to um, C-3PO who's trying to save them. Shut all the uh, turn off all the detention blocks and or whatever it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we cut back to the bin sequence, and suddenly. The walls are just a bit wider, or just the same width as they were before. So we're meant to see them going closer and closer. And when this shot dwells on those scenes, uh, they do close in. But then the, there's a cutaway. Right. Yeah. And then because there's exposition and build-up that's got to go on, they've got to uh, extend it and just extend the scene out. So the only way to do that is like widen the walls again. And I just. I understand why they 
had to do it because of the pacing and what they were the script to uh, the screenplay to have I suppose but surely there's someone in the production who's just got to say this won't look good I do like the scene I think it's iconic it's a very popular scene um, but I think it's just because it feels retro maybe I think it's quite tense yeah I've never really noticed that I really like that scene yeah Oh man, another weird glob of grease how C3PO describes R2-D2 is exactly how I feel right now and is exactly <laughs> why I want you guys to describe me as from here on in. What, what, what's everyone's opinions on like C3PO? Because a lot of people don't like C3PO, but I love C3PO so much. I think he's genuinely probably one of my favourite ones, favourite characters. Yeah, I like him too because he's the exact opposite from um, R2-D2 because R2-D2 is like a very robot whereas uh, c3po is more like an informed and intelligent being to kind of uh, counteract that and i think it's in um empire strike no it's in this film of course it's in this film when they're doing the hyper what's it called hyper space jump like speed hyper space hyper drive something yeah 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 and c3po is trying to tell han solo about like this yes fire or something or the engine is bust or whatever and Han Solo is having none of it he doesn't care um, and I really like that chemistry and I think yes I can understand why that can get annoying for some people because it's annoying the main protagonist you could say yeah, is I mean, Han Solo really a protagonist that's up for interpretation but um, he's very informed he's like a geek or oh, a nerd you could say Actually, I think the nerd will make more sense, but it's the complete contrast to uh, RTD2, and I really, I really like the character. And additionally, I really like the approach that they went with this movie, where they literally relied on these two robot creatures for the first like 15 minutes to introduce the film, and through their eyes introduced like the villain, because you learn about the villain, you learn about the um, the area, the the setting um all through their eyes and all through their actions so i think that was a really ballsy move and i think it pays off and that's probably why uh i and other a lot of other people feel so connected with them because the first experience we got of this franchise was through them two yeah two robot droids from space is is your opening to this insane film i think that's that, an uh, interesting choice well that feeds into what i was very saying, easily yeah. opened with luke or yeah, something like that that's what I was saying earlier, though, is that if you've seen the film um, The Hidden Fortress, that does exactly the same thing, and it's just Lucas ripping it off because uh, it opens yeah. with two um, two peasant characters that aren't connected to like the main story of the like samurai battles and stuff, and you follow them throughout, um, and that does the same thing. So I think that's exactly what like Lucas had obviously seen that and been like, oh, let's start with these two random droid characters and follow them mm-hmm. on this adventure. But in terms of C three PO, I think mm-hmm. I. Um, I really like the design because it's it's again it's ripped off from somewhere uh, it's one of my favorite old sci-fi movies uh, a movie called metropolis uh, and it's based on a oh, character right, called yeah, false yeah. maria yeah. um which i i just really love that cool design uh, i don't really mind the whole sort of prissy british butler kind of thing because i guess it makes sense in context with the things and i do think it's pretty funny when he thinks they're all dying and they're actually cheering <laughs> so at least mm. that was amusing yeah, I like that <laughs> yeah. I, I love C-3PO like, I really love C-3PO and R2-D2 together C-3PO I think it's just great kind of comedic relief to the whole thing like as you were saying about that part where he thinks they're kind of dying and they're just celebrating there's just tons of like funny kind of things with C-3PO and yeah he's just I just their designs just so iconic everyone everyone knows those 
Mm. Mm. Uh, so Michael before you did come back I was asking the other guys uh, what's like the scenes that stand out to you so what would you say are the iconic scenes that you really love of this film well the things that most of the things that are my favourite personally I think come in the second half of the film which is probably handy I agree I jumped in halfway through um, but not to say that there aren't great I think um, Joel was hitting on it earlier I think the fact that a lot of people remember that opening shot as being so iconic in the moment they kind of fell in love with the film or with cinema in general I think it's it's probably one of the best opening shots in, in cinema um, so yeah. the, the first sort of five minutes or something I think on that ship are great um, but then the scenes that really stick in the mind are moments moments I think like little lines occasionally now and then so things like um, that's no moon that's a space station or millions mm-hmm. of voices crying out little lines that usually from Obi-Wan or I guess or uh, or Han on occasion um, yeah. and then in terms of actual Some scenes great lines Oh, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, and you can see why they've become iconic and why it all, uh, how it all kind of fits into that narrative yeah. really well. Um, in terms of actual scenes, the, on the negative side of things, I remember the lightsaber fight, but only because it looks terrible in retrospect. Yeah, we've spoken about <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> we thought about that before you came. Me, me George was kind of saying that yeah, the choreography's not great, but the fact there's so much kind of like tension between the two because about their implied backstory I feel like it yes. still works well that's kind of yeah. what me and George were saying but I can understand the argument the choreography is very dated yeah, it's yeah it just it. seems a lot like two old men swinging very slowly <laughs> especially when you see what they've done in the other movies and that's not just me saying the prequel CGI ones I mean Empire Strikes Back has a great battle between Luke and Vader I agree um, it's because it's yeah. also because um, the, the props that they were using for the lightsabers were really weak so when you would <laughs> yeah. smack them they would break or shatter or whatever I think they were I'm not sure if they were made of glass, but they were made of something like that. And uh, so what they did is for the other ones, they made them much more durable. So that's why they can whack them proper. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I also... Uh, can I talk about the lightsaber for a sec? Yeah. Can I talk about the lightsaber for a sec? It's just like a really kind of cool, uh, just kind of really creative kind of thing. I just like, yeah. it's, it's You can't like, think of another yeah, weapon just, or anything actually... like that that is as cool as that. I mean, I can't think yeah, of anything. Yeah, like, it's so... It's so yeah, it's just like it's such it's such an like one of the most iconic things about Star Wars. Everyone, mm. and that's that's the thing about Star Wars. There's so many things about it. If you've never seen the film, you just know. You just know Darth Vader. You just know C-3PO. You just know the lightsabers, Death Star, all that stuff. Because it's just so ingrained into everything. Yeah, I mean, yes. I made a mm. uh, music video for college, and one of the, for the final battle uh, I had between the antagonist and the protagonist was a lightsaber battle, and I guess the influence kind of rubbed off in that way. Because again, I have watched the 2015 one, and I have seen the latest one, which is Rise of Skywalker, uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which, uh, unpopular opinion, I like, but I know all three of you dislike that film to some extent. It's uh, I know my, my least favorite one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I thought it was decent, but again, that was like yeah, the first fun. film I was actually invested in. So, I guess you can forgive. Yeah, me I mean, if, yeah, no, I mean, you can like it. If, with with the added context, I, 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 I may not it. like it as much. Mm. With like the uh, after I watch them all and appreciate them, but uh, I think Joe asked me a while ago, or maybe George, uh, what my favorite f- uh, scene was in the film. <sighs> Like, uh, oh, it was like, uh, is that your favorite scene? Like, the them being crushed, and mm. I was like, oh, the trash impact, yeah, scene. Th- uh, that was a good scene. But my favorite has got to be the very end, the dog fight, um, yes, like in between, because yeah, yeah, yeah. again, this is one of the other scenes that I just vividly remember. Like, I again, I haven't seen it all the way through, or at least I can't remember it all the way through. But it's these scenes, and the dog fight in particular was the scene that stood out for me as that I could remember it from a previous watch. I think 
that is so well edited and so well directed and so intense and i think the music is fantastic i don't think we've mentioned the music today but yeah the uh the I music <laughs> I was I wasn't here for that. Yeah, no, we, we did we did talk oh, okay. about the music a bit while you're away. It's just so it's so so good. So yeah, good. yeah, the music in the final act and just the the direction, the writing, uh, superb in my opinion. Did you um, did you favorite. watch the, the video? That I, sent well. you will. Uh, I haven't uh, I have not seen the video. Uh, uh, well, just to shout out for the viewers, there's a video by a guy called Ben from Canada, and that's his YouTube channel, and he's, he's done like a video essay for about 12 minutes on why the last oh. kind of dogfight between the X-Wings, Y-Wings, and the Death Star, why it's perfect and how it's edited brilliantly and what the key themes are, which I kind of don't want to spoil, but... Um, what are the themes? Yeah, what are the themes? I, you know I, I like a good uh, conversation about well, themes, Michael, so... He goes into... Um, he goes into how it's basically like it's incredibly well edited because again if you don't know if you don't know the backstory basically they didn't have effects or whatever finished so george lucas just stuck in world war ii uh like spitfire versus whatever footage and replicated that so there's a lot of actual energy and, and movement that's copied from real world physics which is good yeah um but in terms of the editing i think he, they, they point out that it's um it, it's great the way it cuts out you know, it, it slows down along with the the ships and traces them. But the key thing, anyway, that he didn't notice was that um, it, effectively the scene is telling you throughout that the computer was never going to work to deliver that final shot um, like because that. it points out like that throughout. There's a moment when they say that the computer can't see the incoming fighters. <laughs> or the, um, it's having all kinds of technological issues. And it feeds into the line from Vader earlier in the film about, you know, don't be too proud of a technological terror. It pales to the force or something like that. Mm. Um, and it's like, even when the guy uses the targeting computer and delivers what is registered as a direct hit, it just misses and bounces off the surface. Um, and so I think that's why it's key at the end that Luke basically just rejects the computer entirely because it was never going to work anyway. Uh, and yeah. uh, and that's it's like use the force. It, that, there's an extra layer to that of like, right. yeah, it was the only way it was ever going to do that. So um, again, he gets to do it a lot more and a lot more than that. So maybe watch the video. I can't really uh, sum will, up the whole thing, but that was that was the crux of it. Was like it's about trusting your your feelings more than technology because technology can fail you <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the whole yeah. thing with the whole film. The whole, the, that sounds yeah. interesting. So many times the technical issues that they have, that you know, um, and well, that, that that's it, isn't it? That's the whole the main theme of exactly. Star Wars, especially the first one. Yeah, yeah. completely. Um, and that's the thing. I think that's. The I mean, thing that's about- why Darth Vader is like he looks like a robot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's his theme, isn't it? It's like he's barely he's more machine now than man. Yep. <laughs> so it's yeah. like uh, you know, and, and that's the whole point. The force See, is much better when it's that abstract idea, you know. Mm. The thing that also surprised me about Dark Vader every time I watch A New Hope, it just surprises me how actually not like he doesn't that do anything. He, he, he is compared to kind of like Empire. Yeah, like everyone talks about Return of the Jedi. He's so much like he is the main villain. He's so much well, more of a yeah. of a presence. He's so that everything you know about Darth Vader is from those films. Not that he's bad in New at all, but he's definitely, it's like, well, it's not much more of a, than a really cool design it's in yeah. specifically. It's because he's so good in this film that he overshadows Grand Moff Tarkin so much. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. they were like, well, and obviously, you know, what happens to Grand Moff Tarkin at the end of this film means, <laughs> and, and Vader lives and whatever. So they were like, oh yeah, Vader's <laughs> cool. Let's, let's just 
focus on him and then I think yeah. that was always the plan to make him Luke's Luke's father spoiler alert as well anyway because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like they, it's not like they're subtle about it from the Tatooine scenes right the way through and I know, don't the, know the name, I guess with hindsight you could say that easily but I don't but the name Darth Vader that. literally translates to Dark Father yeah like do you, do you think Mike you know me well do you think I would have known <laughs> that before come on <laughs> I'm the average viewer <laughs> no chance I personally I mean this is this is just conjecture but I personally look, think he had that twist look, he probably did have it in mind but if you just think about how iconic that scene has become because I knew it even without watching the films I know that scene it's ingrained in pop culture it wouldn't have been so popular if it wasn't a really great twist so my point is that's impactful. why he's kind of kept alive and stuff is that Lucas obviously had plans for that character sure um, but is I, that is that a fact by the way I, is that is that like a fact so I always thought that it was like a last minute decision no no I think um, he, he wrote out like a massive like thousands and thousands of page manuscript and I think it did have that Darth Vader was Luke's father but the Luke and Leia thing as you can probably tell is just a last minute well, throw something against the wall yeah that is definitely last minute because yeah. you watch this yeah. film and it's because so otherwise this film is just very <laughs> incestuous yeah basically Luke is like oh look at Leia she's yeah, actually yeah, beautiful <laughs> yeah kiss the look and all that kiss, well, with the case with the, the Luke and Leia twist and going Jedi, I think that was due to the fact because Empire had this huge shocking twist that she never expected. So I feel yeah, like he just kind of wanted to up himself by just being like, I yeah, it's it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work anywhere near as well. He'd written into a corner as well because everybody just wanted Han and Leia to get together. So it's like at that point, yeah. what do you do? You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, because I do love yeah. that's worth pointing out. I do love their kind of screwball comedy banter in the film Han and Leia and the, I don't know if I <laughs> love her or hate her or want to kill her or whatever and uh, it's clearly yeah. like uh, that old fashioned flirtatious yeah, oh. it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's old fashioned oh god he's gone again yeah, it's such great chemistry between all the actors and yeah you could tell that they were having it's like fun such great chemistry between everyone honestly mm. sorry about that <laughs> yeah no as I just dropped you out so the audience wouldn't have to listen to that um, but sorry if I admit it in the end I'm sorry no worries uh, so time is advancing uh, <laughs> so the next section we always go into is the audience interaction section where as Will had said basically I put out a tweet on social media and ask what people's opinions and thoughts are about the film uh, completely free of bias it's just what they think about it um, and I did get a few responses on Twitter which I'll read first and then we'll go into potentially some letterbox reviews and see if any of our friends I think there's a lot of them have reviewed it but um, and then we'll take it from there for our own conclusions so um, basically I put out a tweet just saying you know what are your thoughts on thoughts on the first or possibly fourth Star Wars movie um, you know any opinions valued and the first reply that I got was from at Mike J Lord who just says the original and the best okay at um, Optimum Surf replies Star Wars changed everything uh, Ramon Urquiza says the beginning of one great saga uh, Night Star Fury says, I enjoyed it, especially in terms of the lived-in aesthetic of the Millennium Falcon. Not only that, I liked how the pursuit of the Rebel Blockade Runner in the opening minutes of Star Wars was paid homage in the opening minutes of Star Trek Voyager nearly two decades later. Finally, it's true, an in-depth comment, <laughs> as opposed to just yeah. three <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of which, this is a two-tweet comment, so bear oh, with. Uh, at, at Schema Rad says, I was a Star Wars fanatic growing up. I was the right age to see Empire as a double bill, then Jedi with school friends. I think Star Wars, Star Wars is so huge and groundbreaking that it's hard to judge honestly. But I will say I deep wish George Lucas would not have aged it and the others with computer effects that were great for about five minutes, but now make me cringe every time I see them. 
Uh, it almost feels like someone has graffitied them and it doesn't help that it's the original creator. But when the slapstick humor he added, sad face, we kind of talked about that when you weren't here, Will. So yeah, we've gone into detail about some of the poorer decisions, I think, I'm on the special edition. To it, yeah. um, at Camos Mills just says, love it. Uh, Philly's OKS Lawyer says, perfect hero's journey. Uh, Teresa Macedo says, I think it's perfect. Maybe it's just me and the kids don't feel the same, but I think it doesn't look horribly outdated. And I only just noticed that the Jawas are minions. Ugh, don't even get me started on those annoying yellow bastards. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I like the disrespectful films. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Greg Hauntler. Oh, gosh, October. Terrible. Uh, it's one of, if not the foundational cornerstone of my identity. Uh, it was the first sci-fi property I was introduced to, to my knowledge. Recorded from HBO. I think I saw it before Dark Crystal and the cartoons I grew up with. I wouldn't be a fan of sci-fi, fantasy, mythology, etc. without it. Yeah. Uh, so that's all of the ones I had on Twitter. <laughs> Let me just see if I can... Mm, excuse me, sorry about that. You can tell we're ill. <laughs> uh, I think we've held this together pretty well, even though I have been massively sick. I'm going to have to edit the heck out of my Star Trek review, man, honestly. Uh, you've been <laughs> the, the woman that I was with talked a lot, thankfully, so yeah. I was grateful. Yeah, Joe and George, <laughs> just credit, you've been great again. I know, Thank I know, you. you said you can talk uh, like for hours about Star Wars, and I believe you. You honestly could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, if you ask me, I could too, yeah. Surface, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But w- once I've watched it, uh, the whole franchise, I guess we could do. Michael, would you be down to do another one with these guys? Definitely, I would love to review Empire Strikes Back sometimes. Anyway, it's one of my favorite movies ever made, really. Nice. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or we could throw a spanner oh, in the box okay. and do, like, Rise of Skywalker. So one oh, very yeah, positive yeah. and one very I mean, negative. That would be interesting. It would, it would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got a letter boxed up, finally. I've found a, a, a short review, so I'll start with this one. Uh, it's by Sean Sean Seanson, who's one of my followers. Uh, and he just says, yes, this is the first time I've watched Star Wars. I've seen countless memes and references to about every scene from the film. However, I did very much enjoy it. The set design was impressive and the world building was great too. The only flaws I have are the fact that many of the practical effects aged somewhat poorly the cast and characters they played were top notch it's definitely a must watch for sci-fi fans and this won't be the last time i visit it uh, and he gave it four and a half stars uh lordly kicker just says so quotable and memorable a really great introduction and gave it four stars uh my friend alex marzonia gave it five stars and just wrote good movie <laughs> so, uh, comprehensive <laughs> review <laughs> <laughs> My friend Abby Friel uh, feeds into something we were saying earlier. She gives it five stars and says, my favorite character is R5-D4 sacrificing himself for the greater good of the galaxy. Yeah. We love to see it. Uh, he would oh, be missed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Esteban Rodriguez uh, just says it's a masterpiece and gives it five stars. And I think that may be it. Cool. Uh, let me just check. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the short reviews and I'm not reading the massively long ones so, <laughs> so that wraps up the audience interaction section now for the conclusions uh, guest first as always uh, that's always how we do it uh, George do you want to go first I'm guessing you, yeah you both have letterbox reviews I guess uh, that's how I'm going to well, do it I'm going to read my letterbox I, I did actually yeah I did actually review it this letterbox yeah. and I logged it but I, obviously George you can go first yeah, I mean, I, I reviewed it last night. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing with Star Wars, wow. Uh, it is, 
for me, it's like I watch it and it's I'm almost numb to it at this point. I still absolutely love it, but I've I've literally seen it a hundred times. But the the, the reason why, um, well, the, what I think is good about it is that I can watch it a hundred times and I don't get sick of it. And it's the characters, and there's always something new that I appreciate when I watch it. You know, like like this time it was the the sets and the the world building and how impressive that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Star Wars has just been a, a big part of my life, and I think that you know, even when I have hated it, and I have I never liked the originals, but you know, but I I think I've always come back around and to just appreciate it because seeing this as a film on its own, it's incredible. You know, it's just it's so good, and it deserves all of the the praise that it got. Um, and as a part of the, you know, franchise, it, it works so well. And, you know, it is, you know, it does have small faults, you know, has a few bits and bobs wrong with it and stuff like that. But, like, for what it strived to do, it just did it perfectly. And just, I, I you know, I I love it so much. And oh, am I, should I rank it now? Yeah, yeah. Just start with five for, out of five stars, I think is how we do it. Out of so. five. Well, I mean, I would be lying to myself if I didn't give it a five out of five. Okay. I think it it deserves it. Uh, Joe, did you want to give your conclusion and uh, score out of five? Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, like, not much really else to say. That we've already said, it's it's such just a well-crafted, just endlessly entertaining, just so rewatchable, so quotable, adventure film, and just there's so much just going on with it. It just led to so much. It's got this vast world with so much like storytelling potential and so many great characters. And yeah, I'll never, I get to, I get to watch it like at least once a year, the original trilogy. I always okay. watch it once a year and I just never get, never get sick of it. And Star Wars. Yeah. We, we have a love hate relationship with it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a very kind of special franchise and a new hope is started at all. And it's such a timeless film, which works so well, even if the other films didn't, exists we still have this really great film and it's so helped create like the blockbuster we all know that and jaws if it wasn't for those films we wouldn't really have cinema in the same place that we do now but yeah it's just so it's so great it's so but there's not much else to say about it really so yeah five out of five easy one for me awesome we'll all right cool well i know uh i know you guys have seen my review because i did uh, blog it on Airboxed a while ago and you did like the review so you knew well, what's coming and so did my garage yeah. so you know yeah. what's coming yeah. for the audience stay more and I just know like after the first sentence I'm gonna have like dance on my back <laughs> after what my opinion is on this film <laughs> yeah but yeah this is what I said if this is the best the franchise has to offer I'm fearful because this movie to me shows a lot of potential for greatness and not much else Savage. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the character inter- the character introductions are neat and the characters themselves are unforgettable and rightfully iconic. The plot itself is fine, as are the performances, though the standout for me is Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. The direction is a big plus with all the scenery utilized beautifully and most scenes after the introduction to the Death Star are worthwhile. Mm. Execution-wise, a lot is to be desired, the choreography is poor, the CGI is often terrible, and this film establishes that every single Stormtrooper has terrible aim. Looking forward to probably sinking my teeth into this franchise, a good start overall, and my rating was a 3.5 out of 5. 
<laughs> I forgot to tell you what my favourite joke in this film is, by the way, because you've, you've reminded me, talking about how um, stormtroopers can't hit anything for shit. And yet there's a point earlier in the film when Obi-Wan is, uh, goes to Owen and uh, Baru's home and says, oh, this was definitely the Empire. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's Come like, on. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious because they're not. Okay. See, they're, they're shown to be quite effective in the opening scene with the Murdan, the, the rebellion. But like, mm. it's very when the plot requires them to miss, they miss really yeah. badly. Yeah, and they bang their heads on the top of doors and everything. <laughs> that's that's not, I, actually that's not a special edition change where when he hits, yeah, he added the, the extra plot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's that's humorous in my opinion. I think that's funny. Oh, it's not necessary anyway. <laughs> Michael, uh, so do, your yeah, do yeah, your review. Yeah, yeah. My, my conclusion was it's an iconic and important movie that borders on excellence, but it's not the greatest thing ever made that most people hype it to be. It's highly derivative, poorly paced, especially in the first half, and the lightsaber fight is fairly atrocious. Uh, but equally, it has some of the most iconic dialogue, designs, effects, and world building in cinema history. <laughs> the finale dogfight is as close to a perfect scene as you'll find, and it's a shame the rest of the film isn't as tightly edited and kinetically paced. Utterly rewatchable, very fun if you connect to it, and the one that started it all. Uh, but it's not even the best Star Wars film. It will, however, leave you feeling hyped and as if you've had a thrillingly good time, mainly due to the absolutely brilliant last half hour. Uh, and I give it four out of five. You know what? Nice. I'm kind of glad you guys do have this video because me and George are just kind of been gushing about this whole time. And we just yeah. <laughs> so it's quite, I think it's quite nice that you two aren't anywhere near as I, kind of like I'll be honest positive with you. and much more fairer. So honestly, yeah. I, we have much more variety here. I, the guest yeah. episodes we've done so far, one of the biggest setbacks for me personally, I wasn't on them, so I won't be too critical, but I love the reviews. But it was just that it was so positive all the way through and there wasn't like the counterbalance uh so i do think again we all really uh like 3.5 was the minimum out of like if, five stars uh, so still really positive but we still had that kind of debate kind of and i do like that as opposed to just saying all oh, great 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 yeah. if you're it, curious so. though the the average does come out as 4.4 out of five <laughs> let's say 4.5 yeah <laughs> So yeah, well, four point, it's four point three seven. So I rounded it up to four point four. But it's four point five. <laughs> Have that. Four point five. Fair enough. Okay. Right. Uh, so that wraps up the review. However, there is one final thing. Since uh, the last episode that we uploaded, our schedule has changed a little bit. Uh, we do have some guests coming on. Uh, these two will be back, George and Joe. Uh, so again, I'll just take us through the new updated schedule. Uh, again some guest editions and uh, you might notice some you may not uh, like recognize the names uh, i'll post so, the schedule to twitter by the way in case anybody's panicking <laughs> awesome uh but have you did you not watch the edit of our shang chi review i edited it into that review so that's why it i said if you saw the oh dear michael you don't even watch your own edits okay so no time to die is our next upload which will be on october the 14th uh, that'd be me and michael i'm looking forward to that um george and joe have both seen that film i believe or at least joe um joe yeah, has i've seen the film oh, wow. oh yeah i haven't i haven't seen it no uh, uh very quickly um while you would like spoiler free thoughts yeah I, I, saw it, I saw it last night yeah i definitely thought it was fun like yeah i'm just a huge fan of james bond anyway and it definitely, it definitely satisfied me really as like it was a good kind of conclusion to kind of the Craig era as a whole. Like it's been very consistent from Casino Royale to No Time to Die, but like it was it was a nice little cap off and it was very kind of fun and enjoyable. 
film, even though it wasn't quite perfect. So not the best of franchise, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I did mention like I've um, just getting through all the James Bond films right now. Why at least Daniel? No, Craig you're getting through all the Daniel Craig. James yeah, the Bond. Daniel Craig ones because there's about twenty other ones that I won't get to. Twenty-four or twenty-five, I think. For a while, yeah. Oh, like Marvel. Twenty-five. Absolute count. 25, yeah, yeah, movie count. Um, but yeah, really like Casino Royale. Didn't like uh, Quantum and Solace, even though I haven't finished it. I just thought the editing was like terrible. It was so it's terrible to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the others agreed. Um, so I'm looking forward to moving on to Spectre and Skyfall. I believe that's the order. Skyfall no. and Spectre, I like. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That order. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, then after that uh, upload, we've got the Halloween special where we're uh, reviewing a load Ooh. of Halloween uh, films, and we'll be joined by Dominic J. Martin, the Purple Doctor himself, for that one. And then after that, we have June with George and Joe unconfirmed on whether George may be able to say by then uh, the spice will flow in that movie <laughs> but Joe will be uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll well. be able to see it as only weekends but yeah yeah so that'll be uploaded on the 4th of November I'm looking forward to that Michael won't be here uh, with us for that one because he hates your guts and hopes for your demise that's right, not true at all thank you <laughs> <laughs> I understand it don't worry <laughs> nah, it's just because of the uh, director saying some mean things about Marvel and that it, it's, it's it just, touched it was, a bone it was purely because of my schedule it's not no other sinister reason than that <laughs> sure sure but yeah the reviews for that is exceptionally good like everyone's saying four four and a half five stars so I'm looking forward to it then oh, I can't uh, that yeah it looks like a great film um then we got star wars i'll quickly run through this now star wars which is the crossover between michael's star uh trek podcast uh, that, that, star trek 2009 not star wars <laughs> did i say what's okay i thought yeah it's a very fine line i'm sure michael likes both well he prefers star trek obviously he has a podcast about oh, yeah, it. but yeah star trek's definitely better that'll be kind <laughs> of the finale of this series yeah. um but yeah well michael i guess you have to invite them onto your star trek podcast for uh, like a debate now uh that's <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole another conversation <laughs> then uh, so that Star oh, Trek I do like Star Trek too but... oh cool okay fair enough I do uh, like it yeah you could be a guest Michael invite him uh, but yeah Stephen Michael's friend will be on uh, with us for that one maybe mm-hmm. and then the week oh, yeah. after November 18th oh. last night in Soho uh, me and Michael again will be with us with us we are them uh, last night in Soho me and oh god <laughs> Uh, last night and so yes, me and Will will be cloning ourselves <laughs> yeah last night and so I'm looking forward to that a bit more mixed reviews for that one compared to June but it's still positive so I'm looking forward I to that one I'm very excited for Last on Soho as well because Edgar Wright is one of my favourite directors I was just yeah, going to say so I, have, I don't think Edgar Wright's missed personally I, I love every one of his films yeah yeah, and then it's Eternals uh, with Will Michael and James who is a work colleague of mine who's really into MCU and it'll be really interesting to see how uh, Michael and James like bounce off each other because uh, from the sounds of it they both know a lot so I know uh, Michael get may get a bit uh, territorial but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> and then the week after Shazam with uh, the MCU Corner to Corner podcast yeah, Will isn't on that one I should say but it will be me and the MCU CTC yeah, boys because again. I hate their guts and I hope for their demise I know you do, you weren't on the last one with them either <laughs> yeah I know it, it, it's a bad look but I do like uh, their Marvel podcast I was getting into it recently but then 
the penultimate episode of the series, the Princess Bride with Will, Michael, and Andy. The We Pay for Your Floor podcast. Uh, I have never seen that film, so that would be a new experience for me. And the same with our Christmas special. December 23rd is a review of Die Hard. It'll be me and Michael again. Yeah. To wrap up to the, the Christmas parties, see, that, see, that's the perfect time to have a review of Die Hard because it is, in fact, a Christmas film. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that debate, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, these two are joining us again. Uh, Joe and George, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yes, thank you. Really yeah, long. Thank you. Really yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's we'll nice to meet you guys. If we do, uh, if we do another deep dive, I've, I've got way more notes on this, and I can definitely do more notes on Empire and Jedi or whatever. So. Course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, he dropped out of our, the Mind Rubber review again because he just hates you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I get well, that. I that, was I? It's because you hate us, that's why. Yeah, that is the reason. That is the only reason ever. But yeah, uh, until next time, guys, see you in a bit. Peace. Bye. See ya. See ya.